rather than get the information from me. No, I'm only kidding. She's found uh, some resources on there on YouTube that uh, really give a lot of good uh, uh, background and understanding to things of Christmas. So I told her, well, try to bring some of these up so I can, I can be enlightened to some of those. And, and uh, so I enjoyed uh, um, uh, Chuck Missler. She really likes him. And, and there's a Chuck Smith guy. And then there's a John MacArthur. And um, so I was listening to some of those. So that was helpful for me. I realized that every pastor has their own unique style and approach to these things. And and I thought, wow, they're going over a lot of things that I don't think anybody else would really want to listen to, but, but uh, they were a lot of good background and stuff. And I'm always intrigued at, uh, at uh, some of the things that put together the, the ability for us to grasp the beauty of all that Christmas entails. Uh, some of us have a very simple approach to Christi- uh, Christmas and to Christ and uh, who he is and what he means to us. And some of us, we like to break things down and pull it apart, but I was reminded uh, just this uh, past week that the Bible is said to be really, really difficult to figure out. And in some sense, I sort of understand that. The more I try to learn about how all the scriptures fit together, I realize it is quite a challenge. And yet at the same time, we can easily miss the beauty of what Christ has come to do and promised to do by believing that it all has to be figured out for our faith to be formed. Um, The Bible is said to be a difficult book, and uh, many things are very hard to understand, particularly when people ask questions like, if these things are true, then what has happened to Christianity? What has happened to the beauty of that faith that's been promised to change so many lives? We live in some uh, difficult times in our world, and it seems like the more we move along with more information and more resources and more answers to the the questions about how the Bible all fits together, we find it seems that uh, uh, the the number of people who really have a genuine relationship with God seems to be sort of going down, while other parts of the world it seemingly is going up. The story of Jesus' birth begins with an angel appearing to Mary, announcing that she is to be the mother of the Son of God. She wasn't quite so quick to believe that, but she was willing to trust the source. And just as apparently at some point Joseph discovers this story, and he is not really ready to believe it. Matthew chapter 1 We begin with verse 18, and we will look down through verse 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Father, as we anticipate the beauty of all that you have chosen to accomplish among us and what you have called us to believe and trust, we pray, Lord, that our faiths might become deeper this year. But somehow, Lord, by your grace, we pray that our lives would be changed in some unique and special way even this year. Lord, we pray especially as we become so familiar with these stories, we trust, Lord, that they might still have the beauty and the power to change our lives. We commit ourselves to you and we pray that you would establish our faiths quite firm and secure in you. In Jesus' name, amen. It seems to be approximately three months between the time that Mary was aware of what was going to happen and Joseph became aware of what he needed to do. And no doubt, as you think about the circumstances in the situation, until something is somehow confirmed or affirmed, it would be very difficult for Joseph to simply accept the miracle of the promised birth of Christ. God himself sends an angel of the Lord to Joseph in a dream to tell him that Mary is to be the mother of the Savior of the world and to command him to take her home to be his wife. And believing in the birth of Jesus, as you and I are well aware of, might be rather difficult for us to accept unless somehow faith has found a resting place in our lives. One thing is clear is learning more information about the details of Jesus' birth does not necessarily make it easier to grasp. It simply gets even more complicated. As I'm listening to these scholars go on on YouTube about all the details, I'm thinking, wow, I don't know if it's easier to believe or it's harder. But you think about when you study all the background and the details and you look at the prophetic promises in God's word, it's easy, if you don't really know the whole story, to really get lost pretty fast in all of those details and all the things in which God brought about to accomplish in the person of Jesus Christ. It is one thing to believe that a virgin somehow by a miracle could become pregnant, but try explaining to someone who struggles that that is God in a human body. I find that uh, there are some things about the Christmas story that are so easily and quickly processed somehow, and we put them in our minds and allow them to get to our hearts, but some things will really stretch our faith. The story of Christmas, I believe, was never really intended to be figured out. It was never really intended to be proven in some sense beyond a doubt. It was never to be tested by methods that people could invent or create. 
Furthermore, it was never intended to be understood in order to completely make sense. The story of Christmas and the birth of Jesus Christ is one of faith. And the only way that those beginning people discovered its reality is the miracle had to be confirmed with a miracle. Everything that begins about the story is the miracle of the angelic visitations, it's the miracle of the announcements, it's the miracle upon miracle upon miracle in which God affirmed in the hearts of these people that there is something big not only about to happen in the person of Christ, but everything is a miracle upon miracle. I trust that we might recognize the beauty of the faith that you and I cherish, that we believe in a God who not only has a plan which involves a miracle, but our lives depend upon that. Our faith depends upon believing against the odds. Our faith is what is in what is revealed to us, not so much what you and I have figured out or we think we can fully explain. God determined exactly how this uh, uh, prophetic plan would unfold, and he's also determined how that you and I can have this assurance in our hearts that these things aren't simply just a stretch of faith, but they affirm and confirm themselves all through the development of our faith. Each and every piece of the story of Jesus' birth is indeed uh, in, in a supernatural way uh, to be granted to us. And so the mind of humanity could never completely discover on its own or explain it in such a way as to prove it or confirm it, but there's no reason why we can't allow God who created that miracle to create a miracle in my heart and yours. One thing we recognize in the Christmas story and throughout the Gospels is that believing comes with a blessing. And that's important that you and I begin to expose ourselves to the truths of God's Word and allow the realities that He has given to us to bring us to a place where our faith will begin to grow and it will begin to de develop. Today we live in a world that... Uh, even in Sunday school, we were talking about it, that uh, Christianity hasn't always been the most uh, credible place to find and really know that people are on the right track. I'd like to believe in our church, we always live an honest and, and perfect example of what it means to be a Christian, right? <laughs> but in the midst of all of our perfections, there's a lot of imperfections that race back and forth. And the things that uh, are known about or perceived about Christmas sometimes adds to the complication of the miraculous birth of Jesus Christ. Quite often it's really hard to look through all the lights and all the, the trimmings and everything else to find a little major scene that's buried somehow under all of this. It's a beautiful thing to know that in our homes and in our lives, our faiths is built upon that deep abiding assurance that the Christ is indeed who he has claimed to be and who he's been revealed to us, but most importantly, he dwells within our lives. Uh, as we think about the, the complexity of the world around us and all that is in there, 
no doubt that uh, there's a lot of good resources, as I mentioned before. I mean, if you're good with the internet, you can Google it and you can find all the right answers, or if you click on the wrong place, you get all the cheap shots. It's so easy that you uh, would know, in all honesty, that the truth is, is there, it's available, uh, but at the same time, right alongside of it, it gets complicated because there's a lot of stuff out there that really brings a, a, a real blunt blow to our Christian faith. We've got Bibles of, of whatever translation you could imagine. Uh, you have books that are written over and over again, songs that are sung. Uh, we have traditional stories that have floated throughout. We've got symbolism uh, on and on and on, and churches that have an abundance of people who we've all learned the right answers to the Christmas story. What complicates it is as much as there is the opportunity to have all the proof in the world, there's always something to give us an excuse to say, I don't know about this. And we run into people all the time that are so close to an awareness of the truth, and yet there's one thing or one issue or one struggle that people have and say, but how can you really know? The beauty is that God has granted us a means in which these truths can not only begin to work in our minds and hearts, that we cannot seemingly go about proving it, but we can walk away knowing it. The beauty of faith and the depth of faith is rather marvelous and we ought to humbly consider. As we think about the reward of believing, it ought to kind of motivate us to consider how is it that we come to this place of believing? What is it, the things that contribute to allow our faith to become rock solid? It allows us to come to a place, not only that we can have assurance, but we can point people in this particular direction, in this particular way, so they too can be fully assured that Jesus is who he claims to be. And he is indeed capable of accomplishing the things he's promised in his word. How can we know this truth so that you and I might benefit from the promise of eternal life? Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. I want to look in verses 19 through 21. I'm constantly challenged, uh, particularly working uh, with many people who have not yet come to this place of of establishing their faith in Jesus Christ, that you get asked questions all the time, and it doesn't take long in wherever you work or, or, or in the neighbors you, neighborhood you live in, uh, or maybe even in our own homes. There's always people that are asking some questions that are sometimes very difficult to give a complete answer, but we kind of try to keep pointing people in this or that direction. There's always someone who's, who's, who's trying to figure out how they can prove to you that what you've already been convinced of has a hole in it somehow. You all, we all know what that means to be challenged in our faith, and sometimes we feel like failures because we don't know how to answer all the questions that people throw at us. More importantly, there's times you find uh, someone comes to you and seems to have real genuineness or sincerity in their question, and we somehow aren't sure how do you take it from there? 
How do you really bring people to a place? The first thing that, that stands out in my mind, and uh, um, I, I often struggle when I, I think through some of these things, and yet I look back to the scriptures and say, well, this is what God has made clear to us, that there's some things that he has established or given to us as reference points in life that you and I can... Chapter 1, verse 19 through 21. Romans, what may be known about God is plain to them. Let me read that again. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, that is the world, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, that is what you can't see, His eternal power, His divine nature, has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. You know, it's, it's interesting when you look at the world that's created around you, and you can come up with all kinds of conclusions, but one thing that has become clear to us is that God clearly has made known that the world, in, as they gaze upon creation, has all the evidence in the world. It's right in front of them. It's in front of you and I. The question is not whether or not we've connected creation with the Creator. The question is explained and challenged to us as we look down in verse 21. For although... They, meaning all humanity, knew God. They neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, their foolish hearts became dark. And the challenge that you and I must humbly embrace ourselves is whether or not creation has dropped us on our knees. Have we come to the place of worship? Because that is the beginning of where faith is formulated. The evidence has been presented and the call to worship is what is granted to all humanity. It's rather interesting right after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden that they have two sons and the issue of worship was very early in the book of Genesis. One decided he's going to worship in a way that pleases himself. The other one wants to worship God any way that pleases him. So worship is really the fundamental uh, reference point. What allows our faith to be formulated is the same thing that the wise men came to do. We have not only heard about the prophetic words or the promises going all the way back to the times of Daniel, but they came specifically with their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. We have come to worship the one who is born king of the Jews. The big difficulty about Christmas is not so much whether we can figure the pieces out, it's whether we can find our knees and humbly acknowledge what gives us assurance is when you and I sing 